Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. It's your girl, Sandra, ready to recap another Chicago Red Stars victory. Chicago Red Stars hit the road, played against Houston Dash, came away with a 2-1 victory. A lot of stuff in between the lines there. We got to talk about it. No one can ever do it alone. I know I can't do anything alone, so I'm here tonight with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. the Scam Originator. How you doing tonight, Claire? Doing well. Two two wins in a row. You I could, believe they call that a streak. Could, you could call that a streak. Might be a little bit of a streak. I don't uh-huh. know. So some things happened, like a streak. It started. And Red Stars got their first road win of the season. So that's pretty cool. They yeah. were looking for they were looking for that still as they headed into Houston. So that was a lot of fun. Uh but I think last week we made some different predictions. We talked about some players that we wanted to have interesting games. I believe I said I wanted another really cool performance from Sam Kerr before she left. Uh, we both agreed that Sofia Huerta was going to snap off in yep. this game. Uh, so a lot of fun. Uh, let's get into these starting lineups, and uh, we'll start talking about what we uh, saw on the pitch here. For the Red Stars, they rolled out with Emily Boyd in net, Casey Short, Katie Naughton, Sarah Gordon, Aaron Wright rounding out the back line. You had uh, Nikki Stanton, Danny Colaprico, uh, Vanessa DiBernardo, Michelle Vasconcelos, Yuki Nagasato, and Sam Kerr rounding out that starting 11. What were your first initial impressions of that uh, starting 11, Claire? Well, same as last week, right? Which um, is significant, mostly just the... Um, man, I can just like hear Rory Dames in my head. Michelle Vasconcelos played a great game last week, and I bet he didn't feel comfortable taking that starting spot away from her. Um, which I think was, it was a strong move. It was, it was, uh, you know, there's no right or wrong answer between Vasconcelos and Johnson, which we'll see, you know, in the upcoming weeks when they play together. But, um, yeah. And, st- and also the other thing is, um, we don't know what formation we're going to see from Chicago now that Kerr is gone, but this was another, you know, strong showing of that four, three, three that we've come to know and love with, uh, Vanessa DiBernardo at the 10 spot. Yeah, absolutely. For for people out there who've been following me in my soccer coverage for like the last few years, I've <laughs> I have sort of been screaming for Vanessa Di Bernardo to be in that tenth spot uh, as an attacking mid. I feel like she's it's long overdue. She's long earned that role, and she's been there sort of on and off more or less. Uh, but that role in prior seasons got sort of shifted around. Primarily uh, during the Kristen Press era, we primarily saw. CP23 in that role uh and then the idea of like having a player like Vanessa DiBernardo with a player like her sort of being able to play off of that stuff was something that I really 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 wanted to see then you had things like Yuki Nagasato sort of coming into form and so you just sort of like saw some different playing around with the formations and stuff like that I agree I agree with you as far as the initial impressions of the starting 11 it was great to see Vasconcelos get the start I agree and think that it was the correct the the correct oh my god the right <laughs> and correct move that's how that's how correct uh-huh. that move was um she had a great game against North Carolina I, I don't see how you didn't try and ride that momentum into you know this this kind of match and I think it was the right idea because you know we're coming up against the the World Cup these couple games that are going to happen prior to this World Cup break and then a World Cup break and then post-World Cup um, matches, you know what I mean? So there's going to be some combination of 
probably seeing Vasconcelos and, and Nagasato and, and Johnson in some way, shape or form. But I just really liked how, again, Vasconcelos is just continuing to sort of impress, you know, on the pitch with the minutes that she's earning, you know, out on out on the pitch. So it's really, really good stuff to see. But as far as like the match and, and kickoff uh, for Houston Dash, I know last week when we were previewing them, we were kind of like, who's, who's going to step up? But maybe besides Sofia Huerta in light of a player like Rachel Daly uh, not being around. But for Houston Dash and their, their starting lineup, they had Jane Campbell in that, uh, Ari Romero, uh, Polkinghorn Brooks, uh, Murray running out the back line, uh, Christine Mewis, Haley Hansen, Sofia Huerta, Christine Nairn, Kaylee Ohai, and Kayla McCoy sort of running out their starting 11. Um, I, there, I know in the draft uh, there were a lot of maybe some teams, pundits, some of us who were high on a player like Kayla McCoy. Um, I don't know how Houston is like seeing her like fit in in their rotation. I thought it was kind of interesting seeing her get a start, yeah. you know, prior to probably likely going to the World Cup. Right. I have to assume that that was because Daly was out, so they realized that. Well, they. Houston, yeah, Houston is is not quite as deep going forward. So sticking McCoy up there as the the you know the nine was that was a move. It was yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think we both agreed that uh, despite some of the things that we've heard about this Houston Dash team going you know heading into this 2019 season about there being this stretch of World Cup games and how they're probably going to be like the most intact and they're likely to make sort of a run and are at the very least kind of hang around. And then sort of seeing what their Canadian players were providing for them and then sort of how they look now that they're gone, and especially taking a player away like Rachel Daler, who's arguably been like their best player these last six weeks, right? So I think heading into this match, I think you had these two teams, right? that were sort of have been the narrative around them have sort of been like, these are teams that are going to make a run, right. In, in terms of running this table. So like this game might have some significant impact, whether that's now or maybe later on down the road, right. When you're talking about positioning and, and stuff like that. But something that was really funny in this, as, as we kicked off the very first opportunity <laughs> came for the Houston dash when Kaylee Ojai actually was able to, I believe that might've been her first and last chance. <laughs> she got yeah. an opportunity. She got an opportunity on goal, like in the first minute yeah. um, in this match. And I don't know, it's almost like Casey short took that, recognized it and was like, that's enough of that. Yeah. I mean, because, I don't think we really saw too much from Kaylee after that, other than maybe a service here or there. Right. I mean, the problem for the Houston Dash without Rachel Daly is that that means that the one person that Casey Short has to worry about is Ojai. And if you give a player like Short one assignment like that, I don't know, she had her in her back pocket the whole game. Short is one-on-one defending. Phenomenal. It almost feels like it's improved. Like, it's it's incredible what she's able to do in a one-on-one scenario. Um, her, her clearances, her touches aren't always perfect, but man, you don't want to dribble at her. And Ohai couldn't figure it out. No, no. She, uh, she had some trouble with that. I wasn't even trying to be funny with the whole troublemakers thing, but that, that <laughs> just, that just happened. I mean, 
it was a you know one v one. It was it was difficult for her. But seeing that happen, you kind of thought, oh, okay. So the dash, you know, home game, right? They're going up against. The, they came into this week on top of the table, going against a team that was still you know vying for position and in a good position, right? And then you're like, they, you had that first attempt on 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 target and. You're just kind of like, okay, well, maybe this is going to be that type of game, kind of back and forth, competitive. And it sort of felt for maybe like the first 30 minutes of this match that that's what it was uh, because right away you had Sam Kerr start putting on the juice and she got her, the opening goal for the Chicago Red Stars uh, right around the seventh or eighth minute there, this beautiful, beautiful goal uh, assisted by, I believe it was Vasconcelos for that first goal. It was, yeah. Um, that was a beautiful pass that she sent forward to to put Kerr in on goal um yeah definitely seems like Kerr getting man the backflip she got her mojo back man yeah honestly it was like I feel I feel like Sam Kerr for those of you who listened to last week's episode we had some post-game audio with her and how she uh was beating herself up a little bit about maybe missing some sitters I believe she said and maybe not being able to put away some some of the goals that she wanted to get with her teammates being able to set her up. And I feel like with that first goal, it was just uh, maybe a bit of a reflection of that to be able to be given that ball, you know, run onto the end of it and basically, you know, force Jane Campbell out of net, try to get a stop, drag the goalkeeper, continue to stretch that back line and still be able to get that shot on frame and, and put it in the back of the net. It was a great, great goal. and. The momentum for about the next 20 minutes so for, seemed to be in Chicago's favor because immediately, five minutes later, you had Sam Kerr get a brace with probably my favorite goal out of all the NWSL goals this weekend. It was a fantastic, like, five, six touch oh, <laughs> sequence Deeper, between these red stars. Oh, it was Di Bernardo yeah. Yeah. who had the init- who initiated that with, like, a dispossession, and then it was, like... D. Bernardo to Yuki to Colaprico to Kerr to D. Bernardo back to Kerr with a give and go, and Kerr was just off. Yeah, no, that was definitely. I mean, Chicago's ball movement has been quite good for most of the season so far, but that was a real man. Sam Kerr and Vanessa D. Bernardo have played soccer together for a long time now, um, going back to their time together in the W League. Um, that was a mind meld situation where it was so quick Di Bernardo giving that ball back, but Kerr was already running. Like it, it was really, that was very cool. Um, It absolutely was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it was definitely a throwback to that. Uh, For people who like follow hot time and old time for our written content on the, what we learned, you could definitely catch a replay of the goal. I've, I've got the the highlight in there for you. And it was absolutely a throwback to those like early Perth glory days. Yep. Uh, it just was like this, uh, just this immediate chemistry that you just know has been in existence. I mean, one of the big, one of the big highlights when Chicago first made that initial trade to get Sam Kerr to come sh- to Chicago, one of the biggest, things that was talked about was the fact that she had played with so many Red Stars players already <laughs> just outside of NWSL. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was really great to see that goal sort of come to life again 
from Vanessa DiBernardo and then be able to just be credited with that assist because of the brilliant uh, play by by Sam Kerr. And a lot of, again, that momentum just, it stood there for the Red Stars for a while. You had them still continue to try to, you know, pursue. And I don't know how third goal never came, but as we approach the, the 26th minute, a former Red Star, it's a few with that. Yeah. Had some other, had some other ideas. I count Dude. that as a Red Stars goal. <laughs> yeah, all of the goals happened uh-huh. by the Red Stars. All Red Stars had a part in the goals mm-hmm. on this day, including the former. Yeah. So congratulations to all of the Red Stars goals on that day, but. Sophia Huerta, and dude, I mean, again, if you heard on the episode last week, we were talking about this player to watch. We both agreed that it was going to be Sofia Huerta. I believe I, like, was agonized at one point at the end of the episode, and I was like, I literally was like, dude, she's going to get this ball from, like, 20 to 25 yards out. <laughs> just shoot it. Because if you have watched Sofia Huerta on the Red Stars or in her career over these past three to four-and-a-half-ish type seasons – you know that she is capable of that type of shot from distance. That was a well-placed ball she sent in there. She did not disappoint. No. She did not disappoint. You know, God bless Emily Boyd. Did her job. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Just Sophia Huerta was on the better end of that one, and it definitely changed the momentum a little bit for Houston because Chicago up until that point was definitely dominating the pitch, whether it was – isolating somebody 1v1 with Casey Shore and, and Kaylee Ojai or could like doing what they do in the midfield and then having Vasconcelos and Kerr still looking like a threat, you know, just in all phases. But this goal, getting one back from Sofia Huerta changes things, especially on a day that was so hot and humid where they had hydration breaks. Yeah. So Sofia Huerta gets his goal back. The scoreline is 2-1. Around the 30th minute, they head into a hydration break. And for people like us who had to watch this game online, I'm not a lip reader or anything, but it definitely looked like Sofia Huerta was coaching up her Houston Dash <laughs> team and was letting them know, like, hey, when you get this ball and you're trying to go down here and you see, I don't know, Casey Short, that's wrong. Play it wide to me <laughs> over here and something will happen. Yeah, no, it, um, the, it brings up two things. One being, um, I mean, we all remember what happened in Utah and the weather played a factor in that too. They really faded, um, up in the high altitude. I think they faded in the humidity, um, this weekend, which I don't know exactly how you prepare for if you're in a place that's been as cold as Chicago has this spring. Um, it definitely there, it it affects, it affects them. And it, 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 this isn't, it's not so much a complaint other than just kind of a fact about the game. Um, and then, yeah, I think um, it, it was, it was fun to watch Huerta have some very specific ideas <laughs> about how the dash should be attacking Chicago's back line. Um, but the other thing I would say though, is uh, definitely there were, there were some, parts of the back line exposed, but I, I think for the most part, um, once they hit maybe the half hour mark, Chicago's midfield just again, because of the humidity, just sort of fitness wise, I think started to struggle a little bit and that put more pressure on the back line than, uh, than maybe was necessary. 
No, I, I would absolutely agree. I think coming out of uh, that hyd- the hydration break period there for, for both of those teams, you know, I think Chicago tried to, you know, respond. Again, I, I still don't know how they didn't come away with a third or, or possibly fourth goal. Chrissy Mewis had a, had a block shot on the Red Stars, and then Sophia Huerta had another, uh, you know, attempt to try to almost equalize this game. And then you had Vasconcelos... Uh, Almost try to get a third that third oh, goal. She had that breakaway. It was right, you know, right before right yeah. before the half, and I was like, "Yikes! Like how? Like how are these guys not getting uh, this this third goal?" You know, Casey Short almost. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. She tried a shot. You know, she tried to she tried to recreate the magic from a couple yeah. weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was like it, there was definitely it, it turned into a game, right? It turned into a game heading in heading into halftime, but it definitely this the Red Stars. Definitely got into to the half, uh, going up to one. And I think, you know, I agree with what you're saying about sort of feeling the effects of whether it was the travel or the heat and the humidity, uh, sort of feeling that going into to the locker room. So being able to maintain that lead, I think going into halftime, all things considered, probably felt really, really great. Yeah, there was I a... Did, the idea of getting two goals right. in an uncomfortable type of weather <laughs> match probably felt really great. Yeah. But there was other part that was like, we are we got these two goals really early in the game. Yeah. Well, there's a great there was a shot of Sam Kerr walking into the tunnel and she just like rips her shirt off like right after walking off of the field. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, she is heated. <laughs> literally. Yeah. She's literally heated. It was hot. Yeah. But I, it also kind of made me wonder, well, you know, going into the second half, if there were going to be any, um, if the substitutions that the Red Stars had planned for this match, if they were going to happen either right around the same time points that they had planned out already, or maybe perhaps sooner, you know, than they had anticipated, just depending on how the flow of the game would go. I'm a little curious uh, to know how to know what those were and if it ended up planning out the same way. Uh, for Houston Dash going into this second half, I, I still feel like uh, they had a little bit more of the momentum, despite Michelle Vasconcelos still like coming out of the gate and trying to get an attempt again with a miss. Uh, you had them, they ended up subbing on Kaya Simon, and even though she had sort of been listed as questionable with an ankle, ankle injury, uh, she came on and got a miss of her own. Uh, Vanessa DiBernardo ended up. Uh, you know, trying to shot shot. that was, it just ended up just sort of, it had the bend. It had the bend. There was this uh, shot from distance and almost looked like a bit of a, like a shot cross. She can do that too. It had all of the height and all of the bend, but it just went just, just over. Yeah. Uh, Really thought that was going, going on goal. Um, But I think right around that point, that that took us sort of to the, the 60th minute. And it sort of felt a little bit frantic, sort of those last maybe 10 minutes of the first half and then maybe those first, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember thinking at about the 55th minute, thinking that Chicago might do well to do an early sub. Um, it looked like Chicago was just a little bit behind and and I know that they ended the match with a little bit of an edge in, in the possession numbers, which I think maybe indicates more like the last 20 minutes of the match than yeah. what we saw in the middle of it. But um, yeah, I, I thought, you know, they just need, they'd be good to maybe get some fresh legs in a little bit earlier than planned. 
And like you said, it's not like they weren't getting shots, but it really seemed like they were letting Houston dictate how the game was being played at that point. Um, And it was more that Chicago benefited from Houston not being able to capitalize on that than them imposing play. Yeah, no, I think the the earliest sub for the Red Stars actually came in the 58th minute. Yeah. Shortly after Nikki Stedden had got her yellow card and Katie Johnson was a player to come on for her. So Nikki Stedden had got earned her yellow card. I thought it was a good foul, <laughs> good yellow card, good yeah. tactical foul. Uh, and then shortly after that, there was another <laughs> – another foul and it looked like she had gotten another warning from the from the officials so I think sort of you know again these plant subs maybe that happened a few minutes early but I like the uh I like the idea of a player like Johnson coming on for Stanton because I I think it's still sort of it it showed that the Red Stars were still had the intention of sort of having an offensive-minded attack Mm -hmm. like if if Houston was going to eventually try to equalize this game they absolutely had to try and steal that ball and take that position away from the red stars if they wanted to do it and oh boy did they try because it definitely got a little bit chippy yeah i mean that's that's the i mean that's the thing we got to address too at the end um we're gonna address it right now (laughs) yeah okay so thing number one chicago has Again, this is this was funny. This was funny because I know there are there are teams in this league that really feel like they don't get calls. Um, I wouldn't necessarily put Chicago in that. I think in general, it all kind of comes out in the wash in the end. There have been three instances in the last three games that seem pretty clearly to my eyes like penalties. <laughs> <laughs> fouls you know. in the box yeah that's a foul and and i i mean we can complain about the officiating and obviously i don't think it's intentional but i do think maybe when you have a team that is executing in a different way than some other teams um they're less likely to be rewarded in the penalty area uh i don't I, you know, Sam, I think that someone like Sam Kerr probably isn't going to get the benefit of the doubt a ton. I don't think that was on, I don't think that was on Kerr. I I forget who it was that Brooks took down in the box. Um, But it's, um, it's fine because it didn't affect the result. But in a way, it's, it's definitely a frustration, but also it, it does mean a little bit that what Chicago is trying to do is, is working and that's good too. So it's like, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird balance. It's new. It's a new place to be in, I think. Yeah. I think it's a good vibe to be in. I think, I think it's, it was a little bit interesting, especially since we have that game against Utah to sort of go off of right where maybe the physicality and the officiating didn't look like it was going in the Red Stars' favors, and you could sort of see that frustration on them. Like the game, the bit of gamesmanship that maybe was coming out of Utah mm-hmm. started to maybe sort of show in the body language of of the Chicago Red Stars. Whereas in this match versus Houston, where there might have been some moments of you know some over physicality, there were the Red Stars 
responses to it, which I thought was much better. I agree. Uh, yeah. You know, you had you had this on the replay, Amber Brooks, it was Katie Johnson. It was Katie Johnson, yeah. And just get like a knock to the head. Yep. And it was evident. Like, yep. I mean, it's all over the replay. Uh, you couldn't have gotten a better shot of this moment. And, uh, you know, Katie Johnson just took her time and just because she it was a head injury and she should have. You're right. Uh, when there's contact to the head, you know, you have to get come off the pitch. Yeah. Take it, look at, you know, but it was it was evident. It was it was definitely interesting to see loss of composure is overselling it. But um, the dash players obvious frustration with how long it was taking the Chicago players to, like, get up, yeah. um, despite the fact that those were they committed the foul right they did they did the foul <laughs> they yeah, did I thought, I thought again I thought it was a great response and I yeah. thought uh it was good to see this team sort of maybe have a game like they had against Utah Royals and then sort of had this game against Houston Dash and sort of maybe you know those lessons are were learned and it was good yeah. to see right. that in this in this match you know because Essentially, it, it ended up happening again. The Red Stars made an, another sub. They, they had Maria Sanchez come out for Michelle Vasconcelos, <laughs> and this was around the seventy-eight. Oh, poor Sanchez. <laughs> and poor Sanchez, man, she comes on this pitch, which again, I, I thought it was a great sub because this was an, another offensive-minded substitution. And again, it sends this message to the, both the Red Stars and the Houston Dash that if the Houston Dash are going to try to equalize in this game. They absolutely are going to have to try to dispossess this offense, this currently offensive-minded team. Yep. So you had these frustrations still evidently brewing for the dash, and then you have Haley Hansen and Maria Sanchez just both going up for you know a challenge and getting this ball, and Sanchez clearly, again, clearly getting the worst of it. Yep. And Haley Hansen getting upset that she got up faster from a head injury. Yep. Yep than Mario Sanchez did. Uh, it was it was a lot, and I was just kind of like, well, uh, that's a that's some that's that's an interesting version of grit. Yeah, some people, right. Some people might call that grit. Other people might call that like just a foul, you know? Right, and and but also like like you said on the flip side, the calm from Chicago in that scenario, and obviously easy to do when you're already winning, but they were only winning by one goal. Um, I mean, we talked about this. There are little things that we've seen this year already that show a shift in mentality um, for Chicago. They still have periods of the game where they switch off and they need to work on that. But um, they play like champs, man. They play like a team that is ready to withstand what other teams have planned for them more than a team that's reacting to what other teams have planned for them. And that feels different. And I know that's what they wanted to do last year. They're more fit this year. Um, I'm really happy with, uh, I mean, honestly, God bless Sam Kerr for just being a fucking machine and the way she's able to have really got some chemistry going before she leaves. I think that's incredibly important. Um, and I think the way they closed out this match kind of showed the difference between where Chicago is and where Houston is right now. Um, Absolutely. In a, in a, in a positive way for Chicago. No, 100%. I mean, they closed, they closed out this game and I think that 
you know, you and I have spoken on this podcast a little bit about sort of how the Red Stars defense is, you know, this kind of looking so far in these first six weeks. Yeah. How they had these trends, you know, making these like moments of collapsing or making these defensive runs. And it's sort of an either or, you know, kind of thing. But I think I personally, with with this win in particular, I felt more impressed by this win from the Red Stars versus the win that they got against North Carolina Courage. Yeah, I think uh, I would almost argue that the Dash played better than North Carolina did last week. I think closing out this game, uh, the way they close out this game, I think says a lot about this team versus just the pretty goals that were scored. Right. You know what I mean? Have, making the substitutions that they made, you know, the coaching staff recognizing the substitutions that they had to make, then making those subs, those players coming on and still trying to make an impact with the minutes uh, that they were given, this sort of collective effort of of defense. You know, Vasconcelos, before she got subbed off, had a block shot, you mm-hmm. know? And Sanchez comes on for her and, and gets another block shot, you know, and yeah, I mean, Bernard, Bernardo gets one, you know, Yuki still made an effort to try to really close this game out. Yeah. You know, with the, with a shot. So I, again, I just, this match overall, I feel it says a lot more about the current state Absolutely. of this Red Stars team more or than e- any other game in the last six weeks. Or even just like, just thinking about it now, you know, the players that we were just talking about, Johnson and Sanchez, they didn't have Johnson last year didn't have Sanchez last year. And that is a very specific kind of depth, which is not like they're going to come on and like work hard. You know, it's an added element of skill and like composure to come off the bench like that with so many players already gone. I mean, we talked about the depth. We know the depth is good, but it's so much better this year. Um, Yeah. It's very impressive. I'm very impressed. Yeah, same here. I thought I thought um, I really thought that despite having the the one goal against that Emily Boyd is just this player that we're watching sort of grow up right now in front of our eyes. I think she's been putting together some really great uh, performances in goal for this Red Stars team. She's so big, Body Boyd, man. Body Boyd, Body Boyd. Don't don't mess with her, man. Yeah. Look. Do you want to get body? <laughs> that's that's it. That's the that's it. okay. I didn't think so. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like that's just kind of like how I feel when I when I see players trying to trying to go up against Emily Boy. I mean, yeah. Sophia Worth had the right idea. She was like, "No, nah, I'm gonna just shoot this from out here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going in there. I'm just gonna shoot it. From right <laughs> out. I'm just gonna shoot it from right out here." And she ended up getting that goal, man. Uh, but yeah, I just I don't want to like end off this uh, match recap without sort of giving her her dab. Yeah. Uh, really good stuff. Looking forward to, to seeing her run in the summer. Yeah. I, uh, I have honestly. one other thing I want to say about this Houston match, which is um, I was honest. I was really happy as someone who likes Sofia Huerta and wishes well for her. Like, I'm just glad I'm glad that they didn't play her last year. I'm glad that it took to this point because obviously I'm sure she and Rory still have their differences, but it really felt like it was all love this weekend. And I'm just, I'm, I'm glad, you know, no better, you know, it's not better. I just, I was happy to see that. I think there's a narrative that this is kind of an angry thing still. And Uh... I don't think it is. 
I mean, maybe, I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's still a narrative out there. Maybe for some people there is a narrative out there. I, I mean, yeah, I don't think too many pundits chat about it, but I mean, I think probably I would agree with you that like the next, probably like my next favorite thing about this match, other than just like watching the best stars get a win and be impressive was at like post-match, like as soon as the whistle blows and yeah. like how excited Sofia Huerta was to just be like horsing around with her, with her Red Stars teammates. Right. Uh, former teammates, uh, that was, like, really awesome Yeah, uh, to see. It's what you want. You just want everyone to, like, be okay, you know? I mean, we're getting to this... I mean, you're getting to... I kind of like the fact that, like, we get to this point in NWSL where that kind of thing is starting to exist. You know what I mean? Like, you're having players who maybe used to play on a certain team for a long time and, like, still have, like, really great... Um, you know memories and, and fondness for so yeah that was really cool to see but shout out to this match again I just it just put the red stars on top of the table and I think for a league that has it's a 24 game season and you got these first six weeks out of the way so that's like the first quarter right of the season and yeah. to have the red stars I think heading it like ending out their first quarter of the season and being on top of the table i don't think by any means is insignificant and they should absolutely uh be proud of themselves and like hopefully be able to ride this momentum heading into the the second quarter yeah no i i mean a couple of things obviously huge accomplishment considering who they've played um and also even in retrospect with who the dash and who the royals have turned out to kind of be so far real good teams um it also seems like i'm excited in general because it really kind of feels like that feeling that no game is a guarantee is kind of back in the league after last year where it really kind of felt like uh there was north yeah yeah north carolina and everyone else (laughs) right exactly um i like that i or even like i mean we'll get to this with the spirit next week i don't know what's gonna happen that's going to be fun. It's going to be crazy. Um, <laughs> but the other thing, too, is uh, you have a number of other teams that are considered to be the most talented or contenders because they were last year or because, you know, they have a lot of players, a lot of World Cup players um, that are on the outside looking in right now and now have to kind of figure out this next segment already kind of not being where they want to be. Uh, which is Chicago is kind of the one team that hasn't had that drop off yet. Um, and that's, yeah, it's a great place to be. Yeah. I, I like that Chicago Red Stars have uh, had some of their quote unquote depth players getting minutes, not just getting minutes, but also having these moments of like significant impact prior to this break actually happening. Because after this week, it's, like, for real for everyone. Right. Uh, after last week, it's for real. Like, yes, the, the U.S. national team players got their early farewells in. Um, but you're talking about now, you know, players who, like, Rachel Daly, who are going off for England. You know, the Brazilian players who are in this league. The Australian players who have a huge role and presence in the NWSL. They're gone. You know what I mean? It's, like, for real now. <laughs> Whereas... Some of these other teams, they still were able to sort of 
go forward and try to pe- maybe piece together a couple performances and not have to go so deep into their bench. Whereas the Red Stars have had no problem sort of being able to get these players and get them minutes off of this, you know, off of the bench and tapping into their depth sort of right away. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's, you know, going to happen coming up in this World Cup break. And the first of these matches is going to be against Washington Spirit. And that's going to happen on Sunday. It's going to be the Chicago Red Stars uh, Pride game. And I'm with you, Claire. I uh, I kind of don't know how to feel about the spirit right now. <laughs> I don't feel like I know anything. I watched that game this weekend. Yeah, with them I, against saw that Olymp- I saw that Olympico goal. And I still like, am like, who are they? <laughs> it's just, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, okay. Yeah, it's like no disrespect. I just don't know uh, who they are or what they do. Who are they? What do they do? <laughs> Oh man, I yeah, it's the uh, I think they're gonna try. They are, yes. I think they're gonna try. For I will sure. say this. I will say this. I do think that they're gonna be less good next week because I think that their Australians were quite good for them this past weekend. Um, yes. Neither they weren't the ones on the score sheet, but I think that they were a huge part of what Washington was doing. So, uh, like you said, the depth is getting even deeper. I don't think they're going to be quite as dangerous without Legarzo and Harrison. But um, other than that, I don't know. I think it could get weird. You know what? I think it's, this is going to be the first game for this like second pocket of games for the season for the Red Stars. And I don't know if I can sit here and say that they've had a weird game yet. Yeah. Maybe this is going to be the weird game. Yeah, the really weird one. <laughs> like this right. game is just like really weird. This 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 could be it. Uh, no Sam Kerr for the Red Stars. Uh, who do you who do you want to be your impact player, and who do you think might be like an unsung hero for this match, Claire? Um, I want Katie Johnson to be our impact player because, and we talked about this. I want <laughs> her to play the nine. Yeah. I want Chicago to stay with the four three three. I want them to let Di Bernardo be the ten. I don't want them to go to a four four two just because they're scared. I want them to keep playing the way they've been playing. And that requires Katie Johnson, not only to be trusted, but to do well. And that's what I want. Yeah, uh, I agree a hundred percent. I like the, I like seeing the four through three. I think compared to last year when they were trying to do this, uh, it was a work in progress, right? I believe the hashtag that was growing around was (laughs) trust, trust the process, right? ATP, shout out to last year. Um, and I don't think they ever really executed it as well as they wanted to. We saw it sort of flesh out a little bit more into a bit of like a four, two, three, one kind of situation at times. Um, and I that was fine too. That got them through some some good games. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if, if they had to sort of do that this season as well i think honestly if if the red stars find themselves playing out of a 4-3-3 and into something like that or even maybe back to a 4-2-2 which we don't want to see but i feel differently about this particular roster if they did that i feel like the personnel 
on this team is just a little bit different from years prior and that if they had to change in and out of formation, I think it would look a little bit more effortless Mm -hmm. or a little less noticeable versus maybe seasons prior. Right. But um, that, that being said, I'm right with you. I would love to still see the four three three. We'll still love to see the four three three. And and I was just gonna I was gonna give you my my unsung hero. Go, um, Danny Colaprico. Um, yeah, she's she's been she's been really solid um, so far this season. Already doing just some unsung work. She's just the person who I think is asked to fit in. You know, other people are given roles and she's trusted to figure out where she fits within that. Um, I think Washington is going to try to body that midfield and they're going to need Danny to really just, you know, go toe to toe with that. And I think she will. So that's my unsung hero. She's going to give him a smile and a wave before Mm -hmm. dispossessing them. (laughs) (laughs) Before dispossessing them and just setting off another wave of like offensive attack uh-huh. it's gonna be great yep. i hope so uh yes i agree 100 percent. i want katie johnson to be the impact player i feel like uh this we're getting into that time frame um where we're starting to maybe sort of get an answer as to for people who might have had the why right why did you make this trade for katie johnson i think we're getting into that next phase here. And they wanted to, they made a specific trade for this very specific player uh, to come onto this team and be able to basically carry them through this next uh, series of matches because they knew they were going to be without their number one striker in Sam Kerr. So they wanted to get somebody to help sort of uh, help fill in these offensive holes that may or may not be there in this next stretch of games. So I hope she has a, a big game in this match. I hope we see some cool stuff uh, between her, Nagasato, and now Vasconcelos. And for me, my unsung hero, I think I'm going to want that to be uh, Maria Sanchez. I would like to see her get some yeah. uh, time against this Washington Spirit team. I think there's going to be a lot of rookies out there for the Spirit. Um, so I would like to see uh, some of our rookies maybe uh, get some time to shine as well. I think it would be a good match to do it. Uh, it's the pride game for everybody. So come on out. Have a good time. Uh, happy Pride, kicking things off. Huge happens in June. Red Stars are having it a little bit earlier uh, this month. Do you want to maybe do a score prediction? Um, hmm. 2-1, maybe? 3-1? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 2-1. Red Stars, I think they're going to get a win. Yeah. I feel they like should. They should get this win. Yeah. Uh, and who knows? Maybe a rookie will get a goal. I don't know. Yeah, that would be dope. That would be pretty, pretty dope. Claire, where can the good people find you and your work? Yes, you can find me at The Equalizer. Um, I also do recaps for Hot Time in Old Town. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Scout Ripley, which is also the name of my musical project. Everybody should go out there and support Scott Ripley, support your... Chicago local band. They're awesome. Chicago music rules. If you want to follow me and my shenanigans, you can do that on Twitter. At Senderrera underscore. That's H-E-R-R-E-R-A underscore. You can find some of my written contact at secondcitysoccer.com or you can find it at Hot Time in Old Town. 
And if you want to continue to keep supporting Southside Fair Podcast, you should do that. If you don't follow Claire and if you don't follow me, at the very least, you definitely need to be following Southside Trap Podcast. You can do that on all social media channels, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. Go ahead and subscribe. Give us a like. Give us a review. We appreciate that kind of stuff. We will be back next week to recap Washington Spirit Chicago Red Stars. Everybody have a good week.